This is a crowd podcast. Go mow if you know Joe and Tom for every bro. Oh, spread the word. Have you heard how to grow mold on the Marlis Show? <laughs> Tom, we have come full circle. We've used one of those protractor things where you put a pencil in it and you stick the pointy bit in the paper. And then you twist it round and it makes a circle. Yeah? You know the one? I do, Joe. Yeah, I do. Also, uh, technically, it's been, what, a year? So that's 365 trips all around the sun. Wow. And if we're going to be pedantic about it, which we usually are, it's actually 365 trips around the sun plus six hours. Plus six now, hours of I've what? No, I've no fucking idea why Lou's put. You could sing it in Sinead O'Connor's "Nothing Compares to You." <laughs> I think it's meant to be. Um, it's been three hundred and sixty-five trips since we last spoke, specifically about November. Ah, ah. It's been three six five years. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's actually 365 days and six hours since we teamed up with Movember, of course. Mm. And I'll be honest, it was an easy decision for us to work with them last year because they are fantastic. I've been a long-time admirer of the work they've been doing. And we're going to do it again this November. Yeah, I couldn't be happier, Joe. So just to confirm, to spell it out, this episode is brought to you by our lovely friends at Movember because, Joe, it's been another pretty tough year for a lot of men and men need this probably now more than ever. Now, Movember, as always, are trying to get us to talk more often and more openly about our health. So that's exactly what we're going to do today. But we also need your help, not your help, Joe, your help, the person listening to this. So you can grow a mo, obviously. You can host a moment. Don't know how to pronounce that. A moment. A moment. You can move to November. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the very last time November want to work with us. <laughs> If you can't host a moment, you can move from November or even mow your own way. Sign up or donate at movember.com. Right. Thank you for painfully getting through that last part, Tom. <laughs> um, I will try my best to get through this part. Yeah. In this episode, we're going to chat openly and honestly. And I like the word candidly. Is that a word? Why is it? Why? Yes, it is. Is candy related to that word? No. But okay. neither is Candida, I, which is thrush, so it's yin and yang, really. Fucking hell. I'm so glad we can chat honestly and openly like that about <laughs> thrush. Well, let's hope we can chat honestly and openly about my mental health over the past year. And we'll hear from a guest, too. Yeah, but remember, if you or anyone you know is affected by anything at all that you hear in this episode, you can get immediate mental health support. So you can call the Samaritans for free on 116-123, 24 hours a day. You can text the Shout Crisis Line on 85258, or you can call your GP. All those options are there for you. Right then, Joe, who is our guest this year then? Someone uh, we're being really excited to meet, some massive name from sport or some sort of inspirational character we've never met before? So, Tom, today I've actually invited along one of our good friends. Usually he sits behind a glass screen just shouting and pointing and pulling out his hair. Very thick, lovely hair, may I add. But today we're going to give him a microphone and hopefully he's going to talk to us using his voice. So, have you guessed who it is yet? Joe, the clue to me is that I can see in my vision a man with thicker hair than Novak Djokovic. And there is only one man in the world who has thicker hair than Novak Djokovic, and that's Steve Jones, our producer. 
Steve, you're the producer. You're meant to know when it's your turn to speak. It is my turn to speak. Not our first choice guest, our lad. Um, (laughs) Pick yourself up. Just to peel back the curtain a little bit. It's been an interesting few weeks. Uh, And then it got to the point where I thought, fuck it, I'll do it. Partly because I worked on last year's one and I can tell you and everybody else, I suppose, that last year's November episode is... Has helped me a lot, and hopefully a few other people as well. So we'll get onto that in a in a bit. But yeah, thanks for having me back. It's been a long time since I've been back <laughs> with you two. No, this is this this is weird. I don't know how I feel about <laughs> this. This is weird. Why is he talking so much? Like we have invited still the him boss. to do this, and now it feels weird. Can he still tell us what to do, Joe? What oh, do we tell no, him? That's still do? that's Lou's job. <gasps> So technically, we've we've got the power. Yes, yeah, yes, we do. See, the thing is, the three of us very rarely get the chance to sit down and just chat, do we? So, in some ways, this has worked out perfectly. But while this has been a big year for the Joe Marler Show, the last twelve months, it's been quite a tough one for everyone. Um, and the three of us have spoken when we're not working, probably more this year than ever before. Joe, you've had a well, you tell us about your year. You tell us about your last few weeks. Yeah, it's it's funny that this episode's come around again, really, considering only a few weeks ago we had a load of guests lined up. We had a plan all set out for recording episodes. Um, and I had to turn around to you and Lou and just go, I can't do it. I can't, I've got, I've got too many spinning plates, my head's all over the fucking place, and I was just feeling pretty low, pretty down, um, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it, and because I was getting caught up in the sort of spiral of life, as you do sometimes, without getting a moment to just sit down and go, right, how do I compartmentalise everything and get everything back in order, you know, my, my mental health seemed to take a dip. So, yeah, it's quite um, funny that we've we've reached this this moment to go through this episode and talk about November again, just after the back of some deeper delving that I've been doing in my own mental health, where I thought I was actually in a good spot, but it turned out I wasn't. So, um, no, I'm, I am looking forward to this, but I'm also slightly apprehensive as well. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Well, I'm I'm glad you're feeling better than you were a few weeks ago. I'm glad the little break did you good. Um, and I'm glad that you're with us, Steve, because when we recorded that episode 12 months ago, it was a really emotional episode for lots of us. But I'm guessing that you probably weren't going to be aware at that point of the sort of year that was going to come around and kick you in the arse. Yeah. Um, so... To let everyone who's not you two know, we had a daughter this year. Um, I only got to spend a few hours with her um, and she died. It's been really shit. And obviously at one point it had the potential to be a really great year. Uh, but it has comfortably been the shittest year of all. So um, we'll talk about the aftermath a lot and how you guys have looked after me. Um, so I've known Joe just over a year. I've known Tom a lot longer. But the stuff I've learned about how to cope in the last 12 months has been really, really helpful. Um, you guys, you know, you gave me as much time off as I needed. I'm still not back. Um, but I will be back one day. And it's... It's been dark and it's been really shit. Today was okay and, you know, some days are okay. A lot of days aren't okay. And it's kind of slowly piecing things back together, I suppose. I just want to... I just want to, first of all, say I love you, Steve. And I really, really value our friendship from where we've come all of a year 18 months ago when we first met to everything we've then been through together 
in the last 18 months, I love you and I'm really, really proud that you've agreed to come on and share your story because I know 100% based on what happened last year with our November episode that it's going to help someone, probably a lot of a lot of people, a lot of men mainly because it's your story is a particular subject that I don't think many men feel comfortable talking about um, or don't know how to talk about. So I just wanted to say that first off. Yeah, and I I really appreciate that, and I think I think you're right because I've I you know I. As the person who made last year's November episode, I have to listen to it about six times just to kind of let everyone know. So Fergus and James, who were on last year's, and they don't know it, but they've been a massive help to me because a lot of my coping strategies and a lot of my advice came from those two and Joe, who I have the pleasure of speaking to, but also having to listen to more than most listeners, just in terms of the job I do. So it's been... That's where a lot of my coping mechanisms have come from, and most of them have worked. And so if Fergus and James from last year's November episode get to hear this, then I'd like them to know that that's everything they said was useful and does help. And hopefully, as you say, this will help somebody else as well. I would like to say that I also love you, Steve. I also love you, Joe, and that puts me 2-1 up. Because, Joe, you only said you love one of us. Steve um, had the opportunity to say I loved you back. Oh, Blew it. Oh, so right. I see. Here. I see going, what you're doing here. I'm going to one up in the love stakes. Unlucky, Tom. Uh, I love you. So oh, fuck off. You, <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Steve. The thing I think of everything you went through this year, and actually, let me put that in the present tense. Everything you continue to go through, it was undescribably cruel, and I think because you you said at the start there, because of the contrast with the hope that it came with, sometimes things happen in life and they come along and they just absolutely fuck you. But very rarely does something come along and caress you and then this metaphor is going wrong. But there was so much hope and optimism when you thought you were going to be a dad and it all came crashing down so quickly and so horribly. And also, and don't take this the wrong way, but I imagine it's the worst thing that's happened to you. So I don't know if that was harder for you to deal with because life so far has, has been pretty not great, but you've you've been a successful person. You've been successful in your professional life. You've got a great family. You've got a lovely girlfriend. His hair's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hair. I mean, honestly, me and Joe are so jealous about... I'm talking about the hair on your head. I've got no idea about what your pubic thatch is like, but the hair on your head is amazing. You always have to bring it down. You always have to bring it down. <laughs> I just want to know if it's collars and cuffs, Joe. That's the only thing. Uh, collars and cuffs, fuck's sake. <laughs> Um, you're right though like I made some notes earlier because I don't do much broadcasting <laughs> um, and I've written down that I've yeah I you're right Tom in the fact that I actually don't think anything bad has ever happened to me before this year in terms of you know you think there has been bad stuff and I I look back on the person that I was and like I left my old job 18 months ago and at the time it was the biggest thing that had ever happened and I lost sleep over it and I was like, oh, am I going to hand my notice in? What am I going to do? Or I laugh at that person now because that person was an idiot and you kind of realise that like when something bad does happen to you, it puts, and I hate the perspective word because people just say it, but it does give you that sense of like, you know what's a big deal and what isn't. And you and I genuinely think life had been really good and nothing bad. Like grandparents have died, obviously, pets have died. Anything outside of that, I hadn't had any of it. Um so it was yeah, it was it was quite the shock when things started to go badly wrong for the first time. But yeah, I definitely I look back on the person who used to worry about everything and now just <sighs> couldn't care less which leads to i remember a conversation i had with joe a while ago i think i just might have had the same conversation with tom as well about you take that to the extremes and when you when you lose someone like we lost robin um nothing else matters and it genuinely feels like work doesn't matter uh exercising doesn't matter um kind of 
getting better at anything doesn't matter and you just kind of it feels like the only thing that matters is crying and grieving and doing the admin involved with with losing someone um in terms of funeral planning and things like that and and that for like nothing else matters it kind of it's a really dangerous place to be because you take that to extremes it's like are you ever going to care about anything ever again you kind of feel and I, I think you know you've both had low points where you kind of you experienced that and that was I think you know that was the lowest point where you think like you just got no desire to do anything I have days at work where I get nothing done and regularly at like mid-afternoon I'd be like I might just log off for the day now does it really matter and of course it doesn't matter but it kind of matters as much as you want it to matter and it's that feeling of you need stuff to matter because that's what gets you through the day and if you take that sort of importance away from everything, it does leave you with that kind of what's the point type feeling. Steve, do you remember, I remember that chat. Didn't didn't we talk about perspective? I know it might sound strange, but part of it actually being liberating Mm. that, you know, you talk about, oh, you sit there and you go, I'm just logging off from work today and just... I just do what I want to do instead, which is go home and and cuddle Linz or just go off and have some time on my own. Or and it, what I'm trying to say is like liberating in a way of the the perspective word that you don't like, but it then means that when you do choose to do something, you're you're actually wanting to do it. You do you know what I mean? As opposed to the attitude, oh, I have to do that. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything in the world. Like There's always a choice. But that perspective of knowing where your darkest point is, actually, eventually, after time, after the grief, after the grieving period, then allows you to understand where where you want to put all your energy into and what actually matters to you and... And how you want to live your life. I know that sounds quite generic and non-specific, but that's as best I'm going to describe it because I'm pretty poor with words. Tom, you're the fucking wordsmith. Why didn't you help me? Is it because I didn't say I love you early on? Yeah, I'm going to be very needy for the rest of this show. <laughs> no, you you, you summarised that perfectly, Joe. So I, I had something pretty traumatic happen to me when I was about 20 that fucked me up for quite a time. And the best thing that came out of that was the, was exactly what you've just described, Joe. Nothing else did matter for a bit, but then that became very liberating because I found myself thinking, why would I worry about other things? And that has definitely helped me in my personal life. It's helped me in my career. Steve, you've, you know, you've, you've worked with me for a long time. You've probably seen me do different things. I don't t- generally tend to get too worried about things, do I? tend to get nervous unfortunately sometimes yeah and that's you know that's from that that's from that pretty horrible period and things you're right joe things do matter and you're right steve the reason why you carry on doing things is because they do matter and rediscovering that things matter is like emerging into the sunlight after being locked in a basement isn't it you're in your own head for so long and when you start noticing other things outside your own experience and realising that the world has carried on and realising that you still care about them. It is, yeah, it's like walking out on a on a cold winter's day and then just feeling the warmth of the sun on your face. That's better. Those are better words, aren't they? <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... Cheers, Steve. Oh, God. Oh. We're going back and forth with, I love you, I hate you, I love you, I hate you. Your words are shit, your words are good. Go, fuck off. Yeah, cheers, man. <laughs> fuck you. Okay, right, Steve, try and give, if you can, or if you want to, because like I said, there's always a choice, but try and give the listeners a bit of an idea of how you've gotten to this point where you're now comfortable, or I would would hazard a guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're not completely comfortable sitting here talking about what you've been through. But you're yeah. comfortable enough to know that actually this might help you take that next step. But how did you get to this point? Like what what sort of things helped you to try and get to this point? So 
I suppose in the immediate aftermath, the thing that keeps you going is the admin associated with everything. So, you know, we had a funeral to plan and you kind of, you know, you have to pick songs and you have to write a script and it was probably the most overproduced 15 minute funeral you've ever seen but it was it was something to do for a couple of weeks you know and you kind of sit there and you go through spotify and you're listening to songs that kind of hang on steve yeah, hang on. On. no <laughs> because i think this is the beauty of what we've spoken about before when we've spoken about mental health is that a lot of the time the trouble is that the tone changes and yeah. people become oversensitive or very morbid and like worried about treading on eggshells and saying something wrong but you perfectly sp- <laughs> nailed it in terms of you can still you can still make jokes you can still laugh and and talk about your experiences at the same time and I don't mean that in a flippant or trivial way where you oh yeah let's just laugh and have fun and you know everything will be all right yeah just get on with it just tell each other you love each other except tom and you'll be (laughs) happy days but the point of you can still talk about it in a in a in a in a tone that doesn't have to be completely sensitive and fucked anyway carry on sorry steve no it's a good point though and i think like you know i'll always remember I don't want to go on about it too much because you know, it's not arrogance. Well, I'll always remember the the vicar saying, "Oh, this is well written," and I was like, "Well, yeah, it's a, it's my job, and b, I've done nothing else for two weeks. Like, it's all I've done is this." And it was like, and then once that, I think you're dreading that day. Um, kind of going into it, you think this is going to be the worst day, and then as soon as it's over, you're like, "I'd rather do that again," to be honest, because that was it made her a real person and it kind of it was us doing something for her and that was a really nice day in hindsight and I look back on that day quite fondly um which is weird I know but because going into it I thought I'm gonna hate this I'm gonna hate this so much I just want it to be over I just remember remember the weeks and the well the days up to it thinking I just want this to be over. I want it to be six months time I want it to be a year's time and all those little dates <laughs> just kind of help and then you've got to go and you've got to go and register Robin's birth and death which is a horrible experience and you know it's just another day in the diary and then eventually those days in the diary kind of dry up and they get replaced by normal life events and it's the normal life events that I found hardest because I went to a I went to a wedding this summer and I absolutely hated it and like I was clock watching from the minute I got there. I remember somebody saying I put the taxis home for eleven thirty, and I was looking at it. It was like one o'clock, and I'm like, my God, that's a long time away. And if Stu, my mate, who got married, like it was a lovely day, I'm sure, but my head wasn't in it, and I hated it. Sorry, Stu. Um, and the food was probably quite expensive. Um, but it was that pretending to be happy in front of, say, the sixty people there. And five of them know exactly what you've been through. And to the rest, you've got to pretend to be happy. And you know what it's like, all everybody, small talk, people just go, have you got kids? And it's like, that's a long story, because I have. Um, You know, and she's just not here anymore. And it's, it's shit. You don't want to hear the long story at a wedding or... You know, there's a stag do that I had to go to and I bailed out after about 12 hours of that, to be honest, because I just didn't want to be there. And I think for a long time, you just want to be at home and you just want to be with Linz and you just want to kind of keep it in the most controlled environment you can and just kind of not go outside. Um, And I think just talking about it has helped and it's that it's a weird thing because of the pandemic and everything like this i'm sure everyone's the same like there are really good mates that you just haven't seen a lot of and so you end up like for me work colleagues like joe because he's a work colleague um knew the whole story and some of my really good friends 
just kind of new new bits and because i hadn't seen him in over a year in person it was a bit difficult so i had a day where you'd write a whatsapp message and you'd just go around sending it to all your mates and each one by one they'd all call and they'd all send a lovely message back and you kind of then realize that talking about this helps and that's kind of the only way out is to keep talking about it and it almost feels like it feels like everything you do now might give yourself a chance at being okay again a year from now six months from now whatever um so you kind of you go through those steps and you you know you listen to the grief podcast and you read all the blogs and you're like I'm going to do that and I'm going to do that you know we've got a dog now because I Fergus on last year's November episode said that giving him getting a dog gave him a sense of purpose and made him get up in the morning and I was like all right I'll do that and it works because you kind of six six thirty rolls around you have to get dressed you have to get down go downstairs you have to see daffs and you've got to make a breakfast and you've got to crack on whereas I think even two three months ago those hours of the day where you'd be up maybe at five because you haven't slept very well you'd just you'd just be scrolling through twitter doing just stuff that didn't mean anything and just like you know just staring into space but now i can kind of you slowly start to put a structure back in and it's cliche but talking about it is the only thing that's helped me and i just think you've got to do your best to talk to somebody because i'm only in this place because of conversations i've been able to have with people like joe and tom and I think I can't remember who told me, but there's that kind of thing that tomorrow won't always be better than today on a kind of on a whole, like over weeks and months you get better. Like I think, I think this month has probably been harder than last month, but you know, if you look at it sort of long-term trajectory, things do get slowly better every day. And that's where you just got to keep working towards something. And like, I'm, I'm fully aware that like Christmas is going to be shit and Robin's birthday next year is going to be shit. And hope I'm just hoping that Tom, if it wasn't you, can you just say that it wasn't you, but did you come up with the circle grief analogy? No, where it's like a very small part of you. And eventually it's about growing the rest of you. If you could do that thing where you put it into better words, that would be useful. <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> funnily, bearing in mind uh, who it is on this on this little chat we're having, that was an analogy given me given to me by Alan Wynne Jones. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. When um, because much of this year was spent writing his book, and there's a very powerful chapter in Alan's book about the loss of his dad. And one of the things he said to me was something that was really useful for him when he was going through the grieving process, and it was the idea of grief as a black dot on a page on a blank page and the dot never gets any smaller but other things around the dots appear other things happen in your life so you never lose that sense of grief and that sense of loss but distracted is the wrong word but there are other things that life just throws at you and you never forget it and you can sometimes feel guilty I think if you get to a point sometimes after a loss where you think, Christ, I've not thought about this. I've not thought about that person all day, which is a good thing, really. But you can find yourself feeling guilty about it. So I can't take credit for that analogy, Steve, but um, Joe's friend, Alan Wynn can. I, d- I don't like the tone in which you've said Joe's friend. <laughs> I also don't like the fact that he's used this occasion to get a book plug in. <laughs> <laughs> You are shameless. You are absolutely <laughs> shameless. Um, but listening to that um, analogy you used, it's actually a really good way of looking at it. One, one simple one that I I was told, I can't remember who told me it. Although you said, uh, Steve, that tomorrow won't always be better than today. I always think to myself that the sun will come up tomorrow. Even if it's a really cloudy shit day, the st- the sun will still be there. It's it's still going to come up tomorrow. So it's just a small way of me talking to my own head. <laughs> I don't say it out loud, do I? Sometimes I do. Yeah, I go, hey, hey, head. 
hey, listen to, <laughs> hey, listen to this head. Uh, the sun will come <laughs> up tomorrow. And the head goes back to me and he goes, yeah, I know, you told me that yesterday. And I go, <laughs> okay, fuck you, head, I'm just trying to help you out. And the head goes, yeah, I know, we're in this together, cool. I don't know where the fuck, <laughs> yeah, my head's going now. But the sun does come up um, and eventually it will actually shine through the clouds and it will get better. But you just don't know when, there's no, oh yeah, you'll be all right in a couple of months. You'll be all right in a year or two. You don't know when. It's just about concentrating on on the things that do help you try and get to that point. And I'm so pleased to hear you say that actually opening up and talking is getting you closer and closer to that point where you're you're in a slightly better place. You won't ever be the same again. I'm not fucking sitting here and going... It'll be done and dusted and fixed, and you'll you'll look back on it and forget about all that. But because it, it, you don't, it shapes you. It will shape the person you are today, and what happens in your life will then shape you in a, in a, a month's time. And but it will get better. I'm sure it will, mate. And you you kind of you know that thing about how time helps. I think it, you even you know that even in the darkest time, like you know that if you can just get through this, then time will eventually kick in. But I think the the thing that you realise once you're in it is that time takes fucking ages, and it's like that oh is the thing god, about it's, time. It, it's so yeah. slow, and it's like oh my god, how can we invent so many things and yet we just can't control time? Yeah, I was like, Shit, just please it? take me to. 2023 and I'll be all right and it's just like you've just got to sit through it and like you are like <laughs> in a way like I just remember doing so much you know my <laughs> work people listen to us thinking you know you could have done other stuff you could have come back to work but I just sat there I mean I must have read every article on The Athletic about meaningless I mean, it's good. Some of it's really good. Some of it's so long, and I was just reading words. Joe, did you oh, did you have the detailed debrief that Steve gave me about the his fantasy team for the European Championships? Oh, like seriously, there what? was chat about North Macedonian strikers. That was probably the no point way. I was most worried. No way. I thought I've lost. That's your Steve. lowest point. <laughs> That's the lowest point where you're talking about North Macedonian strikers. <laughs> you needed something to matter, so you're like, right, <laughs> I'll throw myself into this. I'll just read. Euro 2020 articles or whatever it's called and you kind of and then you're like this isn't a great best use of my time either but it kind of you know you'd look up and it's like well there's another 30 minutes gone and there's another and it's like oh it's nearly lunchtime now and you know you just you do whatever you can to get through the day and then you just hope that you can sleep at night and then you hope that time helps and time does help and I know that everybody listens to that kind of we get told that so many times anyone who's and we've all been through something that you know it does it does help but it, my god it takes so much time which sounds like a really obvious thing to say but i don't think i really realized it until this year i think i used to think that people would say oh you know time heals everything because that's a lot easier that's like an, a really easy answer for actually trying to work out a legit answer i used to be like oh you're just saying that because you don't actually know what to say because you feel awkward or oh I don't know I don't know how to deal with that as a man or, oh I don't know how to it's like it's it's like a the generation oh, it's not you Tom no okay the generation before Tom can you imagine like a father talking about periods do you know that sort of like oh that sort of attitude oh I deal with it and <laughs> I have no idea where this is going oh <laughs> I don't know how we started talking about menstruation. I'm so sorry. It's men's <laughs> so health, sorry. not menstruation, Joe. Menstruation. Oh, good. That's good for you. But I used to think that people would just say, our oh, time heals everything because they didn't actually know the answers to that specific situation. But it turned out that time does heal, whether it's a short amount of time or a long amount of time that you need. It does eventually heal it. Steve, isn't it one of the strangest things about grief and thus struggling with your mental health having a tough time isn't it weird how physically knackering it is being an emotional wreck like it feels like your legs have gone 
it feels like there's no strength in your legs that, and that all you want to do is sleep. It's the most exhausting thing in the world. Yeah, and you kind of, it seems like it all takes place in bed as well. And yet it is the most exhausting thing. Like you can just, you basically go from being in bed to lying on the bed to sitting on the edge of the bed for hours and just go into all these different states. And yet you are knackered and you've, I mean, if you, if you had a kind of Fitbit on, you must have walked about four meters all day. Um, <laughs> but you're right, it's exhausting. And like, I like to eat my feelings sometimes. Um, something that Joe might be able to relate to. <laughs> Uh, Couldn't help yourself. Couldn't I, help yourself. Honestly, okay. I was amazed by how much I could eat and not put on any weight. Because you were just <gasps> burning calories through crying and through just being stressed. And ang- it was it was fascinating in a kind of study type way just to kind of go, I can eat about 5,000 calories here a day and I'm not putting on anything for about probably three or four weeks. Which kind of, I think, just backs up your point about how exhausting it is. And that can be the only thing, because I wasn't doing anything else, I'll tell you. Steve, that is actually a really... That's something I'm definitely going to look into. Mm. Because <laughs> Daisy's worried about what's going to happen when I eventually retire. She's like, so what, what are you going to do when you retire? And I went, what do you mean? She was like, like physically, are you going to... Like, what sort of shape are you going to go to? And I was like, what, you, do you think I'll still, are you worried whether I'll still train or not or keep in some sort of condition? She's like, I'm just asking for it to see what you are. But so what you're saying is that I need to go through something really traumatic at the end of my career to potentially keep my wife happy with with how I look <laughs> rather than ballooning to Veruca from Willy Wonka. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say after four weeks, it started to come back on. <laughs> so it's almost like you could tell that your body had stopped being in survival mode and you're like, okay, right, so I can't just eat cakes all day from now on. There was almost like a time you go, all right, I'm definitely starting to put this weight back on now. So it doesn't work long term. Ah. So, Joe, how do you find it when a friend as, as good as Steve is going through something? There is a certain amount of powerlessness, isn't there, in that you can't wave a magic wand. We couldn't make Steve feel better. So how do you deal with that side of things? I think from going through my own experiences with depression and my darker days and then discovering how powerful actually opening up and talking, well, first of all, talking to a stranger when I finally got round to seeing Humphrey, the psychiatrist, and then understanding how powerful it is to actually talk to the people closest to you. Because what's the point in having people close to you if if you're not going to lean on each other when you need to? Like you, you'd, I know for a fact that you, you'd both say at the drop of a hat, look, anything you need, mate, you know, just give us a shout. I want, I'll want. i be here for you. I'll be here for you. But then it's almost, you feel kind of uncomfortable doing the reverse and leaning on someone and asking for help or thing. But knowing that how powerful it was for me and how much it it helped me to open up and, and get support. When Steve got to his darkest point and eventually told me what what had been happening I was like right now this is this is the moment to practice what what we've been preaching and actually check in with him regularly not not immediately or to the point of where you're like everything all right mate you know like that annoying oh, everything are you okay you okay and you know Steve turned around and go oh fucking hell mate I know you're <laughs> looking out for me but can you just give me five bloody minutes um not to that point um although just checking steve did i no 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 you did all right good he's being polite i like it um and also having so me and daisy uh we we went through two miscarriages um so not the same but having gone through a similar experience with Daisy and and then knowing 
you know, having similar feelings as to what Steve and Linz were going through, I wanted to make sure that that he knew I was here for him, that that when he was ready to talk, when he was ready to take that next step, that the, the support was there for him. Because that's that's usually half the issue of not knowing how to get out of it because you're like, fuck, who do I tell? Who do, who, who do I speak to? How do I talk about it? I don't know how to... Well, do you talk about it? Or do you not talk... Do you know what I mean? And sometimes you need someone to reach out, a friend to to have that initial check-in where you go, all right, mate, how you doing? And not just, oh, how you doing? It's, how are you doing? And then just pausing that little bit and going, come on, mate. Just if you want to chat, let, let's chat. And whether that's actually talking about the trauma that happened or talking about North Macedonian fucking strikers. Also, that was a shit tip, Steve, because they were rubbish at the Euros. <laughs> <laughs> I overthought that one. Just having that support now. <laughs> just having that support network um, to just... Even now, this, even this... Even sitting here doing this with you guys is bringing, or just makes me feel that bit happier. Of oh, we're just, we're just. I've I've got, I've got people to talk to, just to either take my mind off of what's been going on, or to actually talk about what's been going on. That just, yeah. So that's what I've got. That's all I've got to say about that. And I will say that people don't know what to say half the time, but A, just say something because it's just, it's better to say something, nothing. But also when you're in it, when a friend turns around and you can just tell they've got time to listen and talk to you, it makes a massive difference. Like I'll always remember my mate who said, right, I can come to Manchester any day this week. And he lives in London and he was like, right, let me know, I'm coming. And you're like, fuck, okay, that's, it's not like, because as much as little WhatsApp conversations are great and they absolutely still do those, but if you can give somebody 20 minutes just to listen and really be there, it makes a massive, massive difference. Um, Because for the person on the other end of it, it is the only thing in their life. Like there's not... It's not as if I'm doing this for 20 minutes and then I'm going to go and garden for 20 minutes and then I've got the gym after that. Like, it's the only thing you do all day. And, you know, if somebody can give you 20 minutes, 30 minutes just to listen and to chat, it makes a hell of a hell of a difference. And I know that a lot of the November messages are around that sort of thing and they're, and they're bang on because it's just knowing that you've got somebody who can call you up and if they, it might be they've, you've got a two-hour car journey, and you think, right, I'm going to use that time to call my mate who's struggling. That it just, it just makes you feel so much better. And you might not say a word for thirty seconds to a minute at a time, but it's, it is the main thing that helps. And you know, I think, I think occasionally I felt like I'm being selfish here. Every conversation's about me and what I'm going through. And yeah, then you eventually just turn to like, fuck it. I just, you kind of need to be selfish for a bit and you kind of need to go, look, I'm going to do this and I'm going to I'm gonna do this for as long as it takes and we're going to talk and we're going to talk and we're going to talk and that's hopefully my way out. And that's kind of, that's what you keep telling yourself. But just to pick up on that that, that selfish word, it's not selfish, mate. It, it's no. self-care. It's self-care. There's always like a negative connotation when it comes to, selfish and by you taking time to care for yourself is actually positive for the people that you care most for around you because it's no good you just burying your head in the sand and not being you know in a good spot for yourself because you're not going to be a good spot for the people you care for so I'm going to remind us of some of the numbers because these these frighten me every time I read them because they're still extraordinary so in 2020 the UK lost 3,686 men to suicide, right? So my maths is shit, but even I can work out. That's 10 men every day. 10 men every day. I just think 
how many of them men, if there wasn't so much stigma or taboo around men, or, or you know, particularly men being able to open up and talk about their struggles or what they're struggling with, how many of them would actually still be with us? Now, you're not going to be able to save all 3,686 of those men by, you know, trying to reverse the stigma around men's mental health. But I'd like to think that we'd have definitely saved a fair amount of them. The thing is, Jay, there's there's things that we can all do, isn't there? It doesn't always need to be things that maybe feel spectacular or a complete change of character. You can just check in on your mates. You can call them if they don't pick up, WhatsApp them, you know, arrange a time to do what the three of us have just done. Have a chat, open up and help each other stay healthy. And Joe, listen, I don't believe for a second that you are not an erudite man who can say exactly what he wants. But if there are people sometimes who think, well, hang on, I can't have those conversations. I haven't got the skills or I haven't got the language, then Movember can help. Yeah, the issue I have with that is you've used erudite, which I'm pretty sure you've used you've used on me before. Um, and I still don't know what it means, even though I've probably asked you before why you use that word, but you probably used it to somewhat belittle me or make yourself feel really smug. But I will uh, respond with Movember has created Movember Conversations exactly for for people like myself who do struggle with, oh, shit, how do I actually start that conversation? What sort of questions do I ask to check in with a mate or see how things are going and help I, I needed help to actually ask the right questions I needed believe it or not some help in, in building the confidence and and that's what Movember's done by creating these Movember conversations and if you want to do what I did then you've got to go and google Movember conversations and that'll help you with asking the right questions for one of your mates that you're worried about and and sparking a conversation like that yeah, and we also want you to grow a mo or get involved by hosting a moment. So all you got to do, piece of piss, go to movember.com and sign up. It might be the most important mo you ever grow, unless something otherwise spectacular has happened to your moustache. You will be raising awareness and saving lives, so do it now. And lastly, Joe, there is always help at hand. If people are listening to this episode, they listen to Steve and everything he's had to say, there is always immediate mental health support. You can call the Samaritans for free on 116123 any time of the day, morning or night, or text the Shout Crisis line on 85258. Steve, I would like to end this Movember special, how we kind of started it, by saying I love you. I've also now got to say I love you as well, Tom, <laughs> because he guilt-tripped me into that, but I do actually love you as well, Tom. Thanks, Tom. But, Steve, with you coming on and speaking in front of a mic, speaking to our listeners, rather than producing it, and telling telling our listeners uh, your story, how far you've come, how far you've got to go, um, I know 100% you'll be helping someone out there. Even if it's one person, it's that, that cliche, even if it's one person, not just going through a similar situation to you or exactly the same situation as yourself and Lynn's, but just the way in which you've spoken and shared your story is going to be so powerful. It was powerful for me to sit here and listen to it and see how far you've come and, and also know how hard it's been and how hard it still continues to be so I just want to say thank you mate and um, you know I'll, I'll always be here I'll be there to annoy you with constant whatsapps saying hi Steve are you okay hi Steve how you doing Steve are you okay Steve Steve <laughs> thank you Joe um, <laughs> I also just on a kind of semi-serious note like I've been allowed to have a lot of time off and I know that's in a way, a privileged position to be in. And I know I only make podcasts for a living and there'll be people in far more important jobs who can't quite take the time and space to kind of cope. So I think if you are listening to this and you are in charge of a team of people 
at work or whatever, and you've got or anybody that you're responsible for. I know it's been a really shit 18 months and I know that business-wise it's hard out there and there's a lot of there's a lot of decisions you might want to make but I think the most important thing you can possibly do is that you look after people and if you just take the example of this show these guys have coped without me um, and download numbers are up if anything so it's probably been better, been better actually, without me yeah. yeah they're thriving it's, there's no probability about it Tom it's actually much better with Lou yeah yeah I see <laughs> um so it's too easy to say like we need you back in two weeks if you just put people first and you give them the time it will come good in the end and they will they will really really appreciate it that's been a real eye opener in terms of I've been allowed to I've barely lifted a finger or or you know last six months to be honest to work um so but I've been allowed to be able to do that and it it means the world to me and I can't wait to come back bit awkward for me and Joe because we actually prefer it with Lou but um, I would also um, partly because otherwise Joe will end on the emotional high note and he has now told you he loves you twice I'm going to try and steal a little bit of his thunder by just saying that I had always admired you in a work capacity because you are an amazing producer to work with and I loved working with you on this show on other shows in our BBC days but also fucking hell I admire you so much for what you did this year because I don't think you realise yet what you did for Linz I don't think you realise how well you are coping because it probably feels like you're not so um, I'm jealous of your hair like Joe but also I just wanted to say that um, I could not admire your your generosity your emotional generosity I think um, and your strength of character anymore thank you very much Right, I think that's enough fluffing, Tom. We've, yeah. we've established that you're you're closer to Steve than I am, so <laughs> fuck you. Um, and if you are listening to this and you have found it helpful, useful for yourself, or if you've listened to it and gone, oh, actually, my mate, might, I haven't spoken to my mate in a while. Um, I just want to check in with him. Go and do it. Just check in. It, it, it'll make a difference it will so bye bye crowd network a place where you belong <laughs>